where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On this episode of Paid in Puke, we're talking about Karen Kusama. Oh. <laughs> I just learned how to say this. 2000 debut Girl Fight, starring Michelle Rodriguez. Um, it was just the 20th anniversary this past September of this movie. And it tells the story of a teen girl from a troubled home who trains as a boxer against the wishes of her controlling father in order to channel her anger and keep from getting expelled from high school. You in trouble again? This is your fourth fight this semester. You look like a loser in there. You might want to find someone who can help you deal with this. I want to train with you. I want to be a boxer. Wait out aerobics. Am I talking to you? There's plenty of things you could do better with your life than box. Prove it. I'll train you. If you don't sweat for me, you're out of my life. I'm training to be a boxer. You mean like power? You are crazy. Where is this one guy? 100% man, if you know what I mean. And how would you know about this percentage? dangerous sport. Aren't you afraid of getting hurt? I didn't make the cheerleading team. Boys are different from girls. No girl has what it takes to be a boxer. Don't embarrass me. You have lost your mind. Sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. So what does it take to be great, I mean? A real strong will. You know, they say love kills you in the ring. I love you. Are you scared of me? No. That's funny, you look scared. Inside, you know yourself? I do. Then that's all you need. It premiered at Sundance in 2000 to great critical acclaim. It basically kicked off Karen Kasama's career and Michelle Rodriguez's career. And also is the first film of Ray Santiago, who plays her brother, Tiny. Obviously, his career has been a little bit more of a like a character actor trajectory than Michelle Rodriguez has been in big box office stuff. But I saw this, well, I guess when it came out, definitely <laughs> started my longtime crush on Michelle Rodriguez. Mm. But I haven't seen it since it first came out, so I was pleasantly surprised. I feel like it held up pretty well. Yeah. What did you guys yeah. think? I saw it in college originally yeah. on campus in the auditorium. Oh, like wow. every well, every Friday and Saturday night they would have movies for a dollar. 
and they were kind of first-run movies. It was a cool thing on campus. Every weekend I went to the auditorium and I remember seeing it there and enjoying it, but I hadn't seen it since then and it's still so good and she's amazing in it and I just really loved the story. I had totally forgotten about the love story part to it. Yeah, me too. I just remember. <laughs> I think there's I, a reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just remembered like how awesome Michelle Rodriguez was, but I mean like the story is really good. It really holds up, I thought. Yeah, I had never seen it before. I just watched it like a week ago. And I liked it. I didn't love, love, love it. I loved her. I had a hard time just getting into a movie about boxing. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like how you are with sports movies. And I usually like sports movies. Like, I love baseball movies. Mm-hmm. So, when we're opposite. But I can't totally just get into this boxing movie. But I liked it. I mean, I liked it fine. And she was really good. <laughs> I feel like that's, the, that's a dishwasher. Do you know how to pull like, that bad I, I don't know. There's a lot <laughs> of noises happening. Like, Shut up, baby. <laughs> oh my god. No, it's I think that's fascinating because I kind of had the opposite reaction where I don't like sports movies and actually don't really like boxing movies, especially totally don't understand the Rocky thing. I'm just like it's just men beating each other up, so stupid, but Something about Michelle Rodriguez in this movie and seeing her journey and why she wants to fight, it makes so much more sense to me than when it's like a young man. I don't know. Yeah, it like the boxing part just never really clicked for me. Like yeah. I could see why she wanted to, but it's just like the whole boxing as a sport. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just felt like there was like a hurdle that I couldn't get past with that. You know? Yeah. And I totally like, get that because in general, I feel that way about boxing as a sport not interested in it, in fact, almost a little bit repulsed by it. Right. But for some reason, I, mean, I was really into it when I'm really into it when it's, when it's ladies. <laughs> and we go right into Hot Probs? Yeah. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. So my biggest hot prop with all of this is that when there's the conflict between her and Adrian, which I felt like it was hilarious that his name was Adrian. Yes, I think like, that's on purpose. <laughs> I'm that's sure it was on purpose. Well, there is this one guy. I knew it. Name? Adrian. Adrian. What kind of girly name is that? That went over my head. That was so funny. But when they have this conflict about fighting each other and he's saying, I'm going to look like an asshole. And she's like, you're just afraid you're going to lose. I won't fight you. That's it. Who says you'll be the only one fighting? You're afraid I might win. No. You're just like any other guy. Yeah. What kind of a guy goes around beating up a girl that... That he what? Just forget it. It's not right. Fine. All I know is if you don't fight me in this match, you're less of a man than you think you are. What is it that you want from me anyway? You want me to take you a little more seriously? Huh? Is that what you want? Is that your idea of Prince Charming? You need to take yourself a little more seriously. Who's the one who said it was all about the challenge? Who's the one who said that they love to win? Yeah, well, I'm not going to love winning this one. I hate to say this. I hate this so much, but I feel like I was totally on his side of that fight. Like, I, wow. And I think it's because I really can't get my head around boxing as a real sport, and it's not just people beating each other up. I feel mm-hmm. like he had a genuine conflict there of, I don't want to get into the ring and punch you. You know, I feel like men are told their whole lives, never hit a woman. You're never yeah. supposed to hit a woman. I can understand completely his side of that, like, I don't want to get into a boxing ring and try to beat you up. I can't distinguish between boxing as a real sport and people beating each other up. You know what I mean? Except that he distinguished those two things with men 
why could he distinguish right, it between hitting not, other men? Because but not, he's not his whole life being told, don't ever hit another man. That's what it is. A man is never supposed to hit a woman. And so he can get in the ring and punch a guy and try to knock him out. That, to me, I understand why this is a conflict for him. I feel like such a betrayal saying this, but it's like <laughs> that he's not like... I forget where I was going with that, but I don't see it as... Oh, I'm not taking her seriously in her sport mm-hmm. so much as this is a girl and I like her a lot. I right. don't want to mm-hmm. punch her and I don't want to knock her out. I feel like I could totally understand where he was coming from. Well, that's good writing then. I mean, <laughs> right? Because I think that's what you're supposed to feel. I guess. I mean, you <laughs> feel like that, right? I feel like he was wrong. Just because you shouldn't punch a woman because a woman usually isn't like, I want you to punch me in this sport. I want you to fight me in this sport. Right. So, like, I definitely think you shouldn't just walk around hitting girls in the face. <laughs> but they're competing in the same sport. It's a right. little bit that, Well, that's what I'm saying. This whole movie hinges on understanding boxing as a sport yeah. and not seeing it as people punching each other to try and knock each other out and beat each other up. I couldn't get past that hurdle, which is why I don't know what to root for. Obviously, I'm rooting for her to win or succeed, but I also feel like, you mm-hmm. know, like at the end of Rocky, I think at the end of Rocky or maybe the beginning of Rocky 2 and Rocky asks, What's his name? I just want to know, did mm-hmm. you give everything you had against me? And he said, yeah. And then, do we not have that scene in this movie? Because what's he going to say? I don't know. I don't feel, I don't yeah. know. I just felt like I couldn't root for him to go all out and try to, like, knock her out, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to see that movie where, like, yeah. men and women box and the man knocks her out. So you, you know? feel like it was a trap, kind of. <laughs> I feel like he was in... Literally a no-win situation. If he mm-hmm. won, what's his victory? He beat up his girlfriend, you know? Yeah. And if he lost, you know, he lost. Yeah. I thought it was really loaded with that because I definitely see his, you know, like he really likes her and doesn't want to, you know, punch her. But also it's like, <laughs> obviously, but also my take on it was he also didn't want to fight her because, you know, if he loses, that's going to be a really serious to his career having everybody know that a girl beat him i think there's a part of him that didn't want to do it because he didn't want to lose or he was afraid to lose Mm -hmm. i don't like watching boxing either so i was just like i wouldn't want to punch somebody i loved (laughs) and make them bleed or you know hurt somebody either i felt a little bit like he also is afraid he's gonna lose and yeah. be humiliated. Well, I mean, it's going to take a hit on his career. That's true. I think that's what makes this movie not just the gender thing, but it sets it apart from other boxing movies in the sense that there's no villains, right? Like, I feel like a lot of boxing movies, they would have one guy be obviously a bad guy. <laughs> who's the person that they have to be in Is the movie. Russian or something? Yeah. <laughs> I must break you. Definitely for a guy with an accent. Right. <laughs> right. I know, exactly. <laughs> but this is, like, nuanced. And then that it is a sport that you don't have to be either, like, all good or all bad to do. And chances are you do have some sort of violence in your past that made you turn to this sport as your sport. And that's why it's so nuanced. There is no clear choice here. It's a game, basically. That's what a sport is, right? It's, like, a physical game that you throw your body into. But it's also... Out of context, it's hurting somebody. 
Okay. It's just like the only sport where it has two meanings. The exact same action is contextual. Right. I mean, like, the goal of boxing is to knock someone down so that they can't get up. Like, Or you make them give up. Like, there are definitely people yeah. who go down because they're like, I don't want to get hurt anymore. I mean, I just can't get No, I know. I yeah. totally get it, and I totally, yeah, I totally feel that way about boxing movies. But for some reason, this one, I don't know. It really, it's fascinating to me. It wouldn't have worked if it was a total knockout, though. Like, the points or whatever, how it went, she ended up being the winner. But it wasn't like... Yeah, you can win somebody without... Somebody got pummeled or whatever. You can win without knocking someone out. There's a judge, at least one judge, maybe more than one, where they're counting how many punches get landed. That's a big thing. And that's how they decide who wins each round. This person landed more punches, even if you don't get knocked out. So at the end, nobody has to get knocked out. It's just that if you get knocked out, that's a clear winner, right? That's right. like a home run that went out of the park. <laughs> Uh, but you can win a boxing match landing the most punches throughout and no one gets knocked out. It's just like never happens in movies because it's less dramatic. But I like that they did that too in this movie. It reminds you of the actual ways in which boxing is more of a sport than just hurting somebody. Yeah. And he said the end, he's like, I just gave you a window and you took it. And she's like, that's what it's about. I gave you everything I had. Me too. Boxing, going pro. I wanted to be my ticket out, but I gave you an opening. It was stupid. But that's what happens. You just take advantage. Yeah. So now I lose your respect, huh? No. After the other night? Come on. Adrian, you boxed with me like I was any other guy. You threw down and you showed me respect. Don't you see what that means? That life with you is war. Maybe. Maybe life's just war, period. She kind of bested him with, you know, her brain, basically. Yeah, like, that was more her... strategic. <laughs> yeah. It's actually putting the sport into into beating people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, those are the of... lines, right? And it's they don't usually explore that kind of thing in boxing movies. Yeah, like, there's the part where she's initially sparring with him towards the beginning when she starts training, and she gets up in his face and whispers, I love you, into his ear, yeah. just to kind of, like, fuck with him. Yeah. And, I think there's a lot of that. A lot of that psychology. Did, did you guys ever mm-hmm. see that it's called, like, Once We Were Kings or something? It's about oh, when... Yeah. I think it's just called When We Were Kings, maybe? It, George Foreman yeah, going to Africa to fight. And have a bar in the jungle. Yes. Right. There's a scene where he's got the guy in, like, a bear hug kind of thing, and he's, like, whispering to him. <laughs> and, like... I don't know, he, like, got into the guy's head, and it just reminded me. It's a very bizarre sport. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of prefer boxing-adjacent movies to straight-up, like, Rocky-style things. Like, another boxing-adjacent movie that I really like is On the Waterfront. Aww. Oh, I never saw that. When you weighed 168 pounds, you were beautiful. You could have been another Billy Kahn. That uh, skunk we got you for the manager. He brought you along too fast. It wasn't him, Charlie. It was you. You remember that night in the garden? You came down my dressing room and said, Kid, this ain't your night. We're going for the price on Wilson. My night? I could have taken Wilson apart. 
So what happens? He gets the title shot outdoors in a ballpark, and what do I get? A one-way ticket to Palookaville. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short-end money. Well, I had some bets down for you. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Let's face it. I feel like it shows how fucked up boxing is. It's kind of like how I feel about war movies. I hate any war movie that glorifies war, but I love any war movie that's like, war is so fucked up, why do we do this? It's just interesting how there is a spectrum for those sorts of violent genre pictures. I don't even know if they do that kind of gender... What did they call it? It was a gender neutral... Gender blind. Gender yeah. blind match. I mean, I don't know if that's even a thing. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I should have researched it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't I know. Mean, this I isn't just... like a true story of one particular person. Right. This is all Kara Kusama's story that she made up. Mm -hmm. She probably researched it, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she... <laughs> When I was in eighth grade, I played soccer and I played on a co-ed team with other eighth grade boys. The girls were always put in the fullback defense positions. The boys never pass the ball to you. Mm -hmm. Once you get to a certain age, I feel like, well, for me at least, I felt like it gave me like a negative experience towards mm -hmm. soccer. I never even bothered to learn all of the rules. Like, what does it matter? Because they're not passing the ball. I played co-ed softball. This was like nine years ago or something. And the guys on the team, some of them were really serious. I mean, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a team where it's like social kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, not a serious thing. Yeah, it was my friend Shelby and I and our good friend Ricky, we played on a gay softball team. And some of the guys were really fit ex-military guys. <laughs> and Shelby got plowed into when she was on one of the bases. It's like, come on, this is supposed to be a fun thing. But it got really competitive. Anyway, the guy ran into her and her ACL got torn. Oh my god. She was in, in a lot softball? of... That's so hard to She do, was in a know? lot of pain like, and had to get surgery and yeah. do all this yeah. physical therapy. Why? I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't like co-ed <laughs> sports at a certain level, yeah. I don't think. I mean, that's just my personal but, experience was it wasn't that great and it wasn't a fair playing mm -hmm. field. Boys are different from girls. What's so wrong about saying it out loud? Boys are different from girls. No girl has what it takes to be a boxer. Neither do most boys. Burgers for many years is on co-ed, underdog sports thing, and it does feel like we're letting the girls play a little bit because they're like, we can't play a game unless we have to have at right. least two girls per team. But sometimes it's hard for them to make that quota, and they'd have people they call. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, he, I don't I mean, I don't know who threw this ball, but he broke his pinky, shattered the bone in his pinky catching oh, a geez. ball that was going real fast. Softball, he cannot straighten it anymore. It was so shattered that they couldn't really oh properly put it back together. He had to have surgery. This sounds painful. So painful. And <laughs> the surgeon was not hiding his shock over this at all. He was like, whoa, basically, <laughs> no, shattered. There's like chalk in there. Like, oh my god. really not inspiring confidence oh at all. That was from recreational right. <laughs> 
softball. Yeah. It's just interesting. We're supposed to exercise. We're supposed to do sports, but you can also get so fucking hurt. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about Dak Shepard. You know, he's like long time sober person because he had drug and alcohol addiction and he had a relapse recently because he was in some sort of motorcycle accident and he was in so much pain that he took painkillers and relapsed. I was reading this article about it and it was like, well, he had this injury and this injury and this this accident and this accident and it was all just like a string of like dangerous motorcycle accidents and race car driving and all this stuff and I'm like, wow, his hobby is like super fucking dangerous and it's kind of conducive to relapsing because he's going to keep getting hurt and keep right. like being in pain and I know he doesn't like have any other vices but it's just interesting to think this is a really dangerous line to walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially as you get older. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are young people in this movie. Their bones are going to heal real fast at 18, but it's, just, it's very interesting how we are driven to do these dangerous things for yeah. recreation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, what is it? What is it? It's like an animalistic drive we have. Yes, to... yeah. <laughs> sure, it's all hormone, you know. Yeah. The and... <laughs> Does this happen with any other animals? Like, are wolves doing parkour? Yeah. Like, what's happening? I know. I was watching some skateboarding videos. And I'm like, should I get a skateboard? And I'm like, probably not. It looks so fun, but I'm so accident prone. And I know you want to have fun and you want to exercise. Right. Frankie was saying he wanted to skateboard, and I was like, oh god, like, no, no. I guess if you agree to wear all the things, the reason he thought of it is because when we walked to school, <laughs> back when we went to school, we would sometimes walk home past these kids who were skateboarding in the underpass, and none of them were wearing any protective gear at all. <laughs> and they were doing it right by, like, an on-ramp. Right. <laughs> That's, like, a crosswalk there that I'm always super nervous about crossing because people don't look before It's a really confusing accelerate to get on the on-ramp. Oh. And there's, a, yeah, there's a pedestrian crosswalk right as... It's very wow. fucking Pretty way on-ramp, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then also these kids who are skateboarding with no helmets or anything at all. And I'm like, I don't want to force you to be, like, an indoor kid who doesn't ever <laughs> exercise, but also can wear like all the things the knee pads and the elbow pads and yeah (laughs) basically like a suit of armor and then i'll let you skateboard (laughs) that's like the tragedy of dash's life is he would be so tailor-made to play football and he would love (laughs) it you keep mad but i mean it's just like no you only have one brain you know like football's so dangerous anyway it's like you think you're like going through fantasy i'm like oh all my guys are injured like maybe this is a totally dangerous (laughs) i have three people out for the season (laughs) and these are also young people who have the top medical care right and then even if you make it through your career it's like then your brain is all fucked up for like oh yeah or best case scenario you're like my knee's never the same (laughs) yeah right yeah but i mean can you imagine if dash could play football though he would love that Mm -hmm. he's so built for football (laughs) and he's like really strategic about it too he needs to be like a coach can you be a coach and not have have played i don't know (laughs) probably i I mean why not yeah maybe i I feel like he'd be a terrific coach ever play football I don't know. Yeah. Let's find out. There's other jobs. Yeah, you're gonna steer them toward the safe route. Right. Like commentary. <laughs> There's no upper age limit on that and right. <laughs> you can't get hurt. No injuries. <laughs> Anyways, that was a long yeah. tangent, but I feel like it was right. very related. It's, it's very related. related. <laughs> Great pate, but I got a motor if I wanna be ready for that party tonight. What do you guys think about Diana's relationship with her dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Hot prob. They seem like total strangers. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. You understand, though, right? I think on both fronts. She blames him for the death of her mom. Right. Her mom killed herself because she was getting abused by her dad, getting hit. And she probably looks like her mom, I bet. You know, mm-hmm. at least enough to remind him right. of that. So they're definitely going to have a contentious relationship. Right. Poor Tiny. That little kid uh-huh. is going to be so fucked up. Yeah, he's so... Uh, he's, yeah. he's just... He's bookish. (laughs) He wants to make. Yeah, he wants to make art. He just doesn't seem like he wants to fight at all. Yeah. His dad is forcing him into that. The dad is definitely the toxic masculinity. He's telling Diana, "Why don't you wear a skirt every once in a while?" (laughs) I felt bad for both the kids. Diana is kind of like. Almost in some of the scenes where she's fighting with her dad, and then Tiny's like, guys, stop fighting. It's mm-hmm. almost like they the mom her. and dad are fighting, and mm-hmm. Tiny's like, stop fighting, guys. Please. Mom begged. Did you stop when she said please? I can't Diana, stop it. You belong to me now. How does it feel to see so much of yourself Diana. so close? Huh? How does it feel? Diana, stop. Please, please, Diana, stop. She's essentially like a mother figure to him, I guess. Well, definitely. I mean, he definitely yeah. sends her on errands to yeah. take care of things. <laughs> so, yeah, that's got to be a really tough position to be in, not just taking care of your brother, but also bearing the brunt of the resentment and all. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. No wonder she has all this pent-up anger. (laughs) I love where she goes to pick up her brother and pay Hector for coaching her brother Mm -hmm. in boxing, and then she clocks the guy who hit her brother. (laughs) She's like, hey... That's my brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that you didn't have a hot problem about Adrian. <laughs> Seems like mean, you're pro-Adrian, because I was expecting you to have your typical, like, the boyfriend sucks hot rub. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, no, I didn't <laughs> like him. I mean, I didn't feel like there was anything really there between them. Like, it was a real tacked on. I didn't like him. I just felt like I could see his point of view in okay. that conflict. And I, I'm just going to say, too, just because I feel like this is how guys are in general, I don't think he was afraid that he was going to lose. I really don't think it, you know, I mean, I don't think men in sports, I don't think that was really an issue that he was afraid he was going to lose. No, I didn't like him at all. I mean, I wasn't like, (laughs) I care about this relationship in some way, you know. (laughs) I was sort of neutral on it, though. This has to be in here for some reason. Well, <laughs> What's yeah. Your, what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't care for him, but I don't know if I have any specific problems. It was very much a proximity thing, right? right. Like, yeah. I do think it was very, very funny when he thought some guy was her. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> that was very funny. Oh, wait, my God. I guess it's one of those things you know, when you break up with someone you think you see them. The monster. Yes. Oh. Why? It was a man. Oh. <laughs> it was some guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really man. great was take so on funny. that trope of. <laughs> oh, I'm so excuse me. I thought you were someone else, but it's like this dude. <laughs> that was very funny. Oh, do you guys remember what it felt like when the teacher called your house late at night? <laughs> That's like not a thing that happens anymore, I'm sure. Now it's like an email, but I remember that was the thing where if you fucked up at school, sometimes the teacher would call your house when they got home from work or whatever. Hello, it's Miss Martinez. No, she didn't mention 
I don't ever remember that happening at night. Like, I don't remember school calling the house, but I don't remember it specifically at night ever, no. It's like you're really in trouble. Like, I have to talk to you. I was, like, always in trouble, but I don't... Hey, interesting. <laughs> I felt like that was something that happened. Maybe it was just something that happened in movies, and I felt like it happened to me, but maybe it didn't. I don't know. But it would never happen now. That's a very dated thing. Yes. Calling people. Calling yeah. calling people. Yeah. Yeah. Do they still do robocalls? I they... think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I get those. calls from the school all the time now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the district. I recognize the number, and then I okay. let them leave me a voicemail. We are not opening school. Yes, <laughs> we know. <laughs> they always call to remind you of the break. Oh, Don't yeah. forget, the next week is winter break. Like, you fucking forgot. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't forget. We're not going to show up accidentally. I wonder if that happened, and that's why they... Right? <laughs> Probably. Uh, let's see, any other hot props? I was just... Thinking about both of the coaches, Adrian's coach and Hector, Diana's coach, they seemed like they had no idea that they were dating or anything. Or maybe they didn't care. Or I just thought, like, that's kind of weird. They didn't acknowledge it. It seemed like a big thing. Like, they were together, but maybe it was a secret and they didn't know. Well, they weren't together together, though, because he did Um, have that other girlfriend that he would go places with. So I think they did try to keep it kind of professional at the... Yeah. What do you call it? The the studio? The gym. The gym. Yeah, Yeah, so I guess they were like keeping keeping into their pants when they were together. That was my main problem with Adrian was... Not that I feel like he had to commit to her, but he definitely was not super cool to her. It was like a relationship of convenience for him. It seemed like he kind of came around in the end. I don't know. I kind of liked him. I kind of liked that he went through with it, and I liked their relationship. Oh, Mm -hmm. it was in the end, but yeah, when he was dating the other girl, that was shitty, I think. It's kind of a gray area, because he didn't really say they're exclusive or anything, but... He did say that he wasn't exclusive with the other lady. Yeah, I just wasn't invested in their mm-hmm. relationship really either way. I yeah. mean, that's their part, like, that he could have had sex with her and he didn't, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good review. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, if a guy is, like, just using someone in a movie, like, mm-hmm. then he was at least fucking her, you know? I mean, Yeah. He cared about her. He definitely yeah, clearly yeah. cared about her in some way. Right. He had complicated feelings, I guess, anyway. And I just don't think you necessarily needed it. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely don't think you needed any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would have been more interesting, I think, if they were friends. Like, they struck up a friendship, and then he still could have had complicated feelings... Yeah, but you didn't true. Have, need to have a shoehorned romance. That part felt super shoehorned. Like yeah. we have to have this because you can't have a movie about a woman without her having feelings for some guy. Yeah, like that has to be in there somewhere. Right, probably like, like I wonder to make sure even... she's not a dyke or something. You know what I right. mean? Like, like oh, you could definitely think she was because right. the way she dresses. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like even if they were yeah. good friends, they it was I'm sure he would have been conflicted too. Honestly, if they were just yeah, friends. he probably would have not wanted to fight her then yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think know. he wants to fight a girl. Like, yeah, and then akin to that, I want to get back on that. Okay, we won't. Because I, I'm gonna say akin to that. Like another one of my props was that I liked her friend Marisol a lot, and I felt like she got super sidelined. That's not all she's about. Some fucking loyalty. Don't be like that. She treats you like shit. Why are you gonna take her side? Diana, I don't take sides. Veronica don't even mean half the stuff she says. Look, I just want to be friends with everybody. That's the way I am. Yeah, well I hate her and that's the way I am. 
I would have liked to have seen her be more involved, basically. Because yeah. they were best friends, and then she hooks up with Adrian, and then we don't see Marisol again, really. Right. And also, she reminded me of Brittany Murphy, which yeah. made me yeah. very happy. You're a virgin who can't drive. So, yeah, I really was upset about that. And I wonder, too, if that was, like, some sort of a studio thing where they're like, you have to change it in this way or that way. I know that, historically, Karin Kasama has issues with the studio fucking up her shit. Oh. She didn't get Final Cut on Anne Flux. Mm-hmm. And there was some other... Oh, and then Jennifer's body, she felt like they didn't take her input on the promotional campaign. They build it as like a movie about a horny demon when it's really about toxic female friendship. I wouldn't be surprised if she was asked to make those changes, but right. I do wish it had been the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Next call. I love their kitchen chairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> their kitchen chairs are super cool. I love Michelle Rodriguez's walk. I like her bite face, you know, that she makes. Oh, just her face in general yeah. is terrific. She's got the original million-dollar frown. Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> I just love it. No one can do an upward glare like my girl. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when she punches the guy who hit Tiny, she pulls her fist back to her face and kind of like, if she was like licking her wound or whatever. <laughs> but, but she's like staring at the guy with death glare. Yeah. It was like so cool. I liked that. <laughs> She's not afraid of anyone. I liked that. I mean, how can you be when you're... I feel like when you come from an abusive household, the rest of the world is not going to scare you because home is like the scariest place. Right. You go out into the world with your armor up for sure. I know you're not supposed to root for people beating people up, but I did really like when she <laughs> beat her dad down. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't necessarily need to make a habit of it. I have like this... I'm very torn about this sort of thing, I guess, because in practice, I'm non-violent, but... <laughs> right. There's certain certain moments of violence where I'm like, that was justified. <laughs> I love when Lane Price beats up Pete Campbell. <laughs> the only person I like I've met Mr. Campbell, you and I are going to address that insult. Are you kidding me? No, you're a grimy little pimp. As soon as I raise my hands, I warn you, it shall be too late to run. Although I like to lean too. Yeah. <laughs> they do have the trope of the dead mom, which is, you know, our favorite. <laughs> dead mom's character development. Should we do meaningful yeah. passages? Yes, let's let's do it. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I think my favorite was probably when he says, you're sweet, and she said, I always thought of myself as salty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too sweet. Funny. I always thought of myself as salty. That's fantastic. I really like that. <laughs> it has like this equality crap has gone too far. <laughs> this equality crap has gone too far. Should we just forget about it? No. Just get rough on in the first round and hit to stop it real early. <laughs> That's such an evergreen line. It really is. <laughs> My very favorite exchange is when Hector's like, how come I've never heard of you? And she says, I don't know, I'm his pride and joy. You Sandro's kid too? How come I never heard about you? I don't know. I'm his pride and joy. I really liked the high school PE class where <laughs> the gym teacher's like, it's the presidential fitness exam. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hate when it's the fitness thing. That time of year again, ladies. Time for the presidential physical fitness exam. 
I don't give a shit what the president thinks of my physical fitness. I don't give a shit what the president thinks of my physical fitness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just love that. I remember that so vividly yeah. having to run a mile. They still are doing that shit. Oh, wow. Last yeah. year, Lula did the most sit-ups or push-ups or one of the two things. I can't remember. <laughs> she definitely is carrying on the tradition of not being able to do a pull-up, though. Oh, God. <laughs> so hard. Pull-ups are so hard. I couldn't do a pull-up. Oh, my God. Oh. But I'm fucking impressed as shit when someone can. I love that whole scene just with her blowing everyone away. Yeah. <laughs> I love the transformation of her body throughout the movie. She definitely worked out before the movie started filming to get in boxing shape, but then you can also see how she kept it up and her arms get more defined and... Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> you love a good lady uh, arm, I know. Oh, I love a good lady arm, especially on Michelle Rodriguez. Better than Angela Bassett, though? Oh, I mean, she definitely has the best. Right. Angela okay. Bassett's lady arm is the best lady arm of yeah. all time, for sure. I mean, just her body in general in yeah. Strange Days is like... What was that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she's starting out training with Hector and she's sparring with a guy and she hits him and then she's like, sorry. And, and then he's like, come on, don't ever be sorry. Sorry. Come on, don't be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. I noticed that because I, I feel like I say sorry a lot in my <laughs> day. It's like ingrained mm -hmm. in right. you. Somehow, women, like, absolutely. So to have a man yeah. say that, that's pretty Yeah, I pretty thought epic. that was cool. When she's telling her friend, I'm a boxer, and she's like, be serious. And she's like, I am serious. <laughs> and she's like, you mean like, pow wow wow? Punching the air, and she's like, yeah. And then her friend's like, that's so cool. I'm training to be a boxer. Oh, be serious. <laughs> I am serious. I'm training with Hector Soto at the Brooklyn Athletic Club on Friendship. You mean like, pow wow wow? Oh, that's cool. You get hit in the face? It happens. I like that a lot. <laughs> I really like the exchange of, I think there, someone's talking to, uh, or maybe, is it her? I will I'll find out when I find a clip. But anyway, somebody says to their dad, maybe he doesn't want a box, and their dad says, what kid wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if he doesn't want a box? Sure he wants to. What kid wouldn't? That's a very funny thing to say. Yeah. And then also her response when her dad finds out that she started boxing and she says, I didn't make the cheerleading team. <laughs> very funny and especially funny. in her voice, her little gravelly voice. Oh my God. How come you train with Hector? You mean like at all? Yeah. Because I want to. It's a dangerous sport. I didn't make the cheerleading team. And then, yeah, as part of my meaningful passages, under meaningful passages, I wrote that he thought that guy was Diana, exclamation point. I love that, <laughs> that so much. Very, very funny. There's no way we can I know, have right? a sound clip of it, but it's just, it you got to look it up. So it's so funny. <laughs> it's definitely like the best version of that trope that I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie that's not a comedy either. Right. I mean, there's definitely funny moments, but... What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. I think this movie has more funny moments, too, than your typical boxing movie, which I appreciate. You gotta have levity in a yeah. drama. <laughs> but I can't think of that many boxing movies other than Rocky and, like, Million Dollar Baby. 
Oh, and Million Which Dollar Babies. Oh, God, I fucking was... hate Million Dollar Babies so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it very suck my ass. You would hate yes. Mm. Oh, so much joy. I also I hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it as much as you, but I hate it, and I also hate Hillary Swank's Oscar acceptance speech for that movie. Oh, oh I don't remember I totally that. don't remember she just it. She not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a historically, famously terrible Oscar acceptance. Wow, we'll have to look that up. (laughs) She's also the first female in Academy history to be nominated for playing a boxer. I don't know what I did in this life to deserve all this. I, um, I'm just a girl from a trailer park who had a dream. I never thought this would ever happen, let alone be nominated. And a working actor, for that matter, and now this... I thank the Academy. I am eternally grateful for this great honor. I would also like to acknowledge my fellow nominees. I am going to start by thanking my husband because I'd like to think I learned from past mistakes. I would never be standing here if it weren't for the each and every one of the brilliant people I had surrounding me, supporting me, and believing Thank in me for sending me this most marvelous script. Paul Haggis for writing this beautiful script. Our other producers extraordinaire, Al Reddy, Clint, Rob Lorenz, um, Phyllis Huffman, our casting director, uh, my trainers, Grant Roberts and Hector Roca, you pushed me further than I ever thought I could push myself up to that last pound, actually to that last ounce, I thank you. My sparring partners were, who were so patient, well, the ever amazing Morgan Freeman, Joel Cox, our editor, you're amazing. Um, you know, um, I'm going to thank my mom for believing in me from the beginning, my dad for his Josh support, um, um, Tony Lip, Kelly Tiffin, John Campisi, Jason Weinberg, my manager. Uh-uh, you can't do that because I haven't gotten to Clint yet. I saved him for the end. And then Clint. Clint Eastwood, thank you for allowing me to go on this journey with you. Um, thank you for believing in me. You're my Makushla. Thank you. Alan Horn and Warner Brothers as well. Thank you. And you know what? Wait! Troy Nankin! Troy Nankin, my best friend and publicist! Thank you! <laughs> I do love a good or bad or good bad. <laughs> it's not good, bad, it's just bad. I just remember the part that she's thanking, like the trainer and for every single pound that she built on and <laughs> and I think like the music comes on at some point but then stops, you know. Yeah. Because like the big people are allowed to talk forever and it was like <laughs> maybe nope, yeah. she's still gonna just keep talking. It's funny how they're not <laughs> really allowed to they're kind of allowed to tap you on the shoulder with the music but not like <laughs> I think well, it's just for the best, lesser best actress yeah. and best actor. It's not like, yeah, the big awards, they can go on as long as they want. <laughs> but, like, I can't think of other boxing movies. Uh, well, movies. there's Raging Bull. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> also not funny. <laughs> no. You fucked my wife. There were a bunch of Rockies. There were a lot. Oh, right. And then there's, like, supposedly the reboot Creed, 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 really Creed 2. Right? Are supposed I never to be saw good. those, but... I didn't see them because, yeah, I don't right. usually, but... But they do have Tessa Thompson in them, so maybe oh, I'll yeah. check I them out. I would maybe watch Creed. Why not? And I do like the idea of it. The person who was painted as such a black and white villain is actually very complicated. <laughs> black and white. I think yeah. you're <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> A wink. Right. <laughs> You're just supposed to root for the white person in that movie <laughs> for no reason at all. You know? I'm 
don't sure even know if there's like boxing comedies. I feel like there was I'm like the guy. Great White Hype about uh, yeah. Peter That's Berg. Peter Berg I don't like him, I but I not like. Peter I remember Berg. that being like a '90s movie yeah. that was maybe a comedy, but I don't know. This guy hurt you at all? Not at all. Not at all. He hit me one time, and that was just to wake me up because I was bored in there. The bored? third round. That's right. And, and, and otherwise, it was just like fighting my little sister. I'm gonna look into this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I feel like I need a boxing comedy. Huh? I loved how she just decided she's going to box, and even Hector doesn't even want to coach her. And he's talking to the other coach, and the other coach is like, "Oh, you're you're coaching." This one now, and he's like, well, I gotta pay my bills, basically. How's it working with her? I pay bills. You get that desperate? Far from me. And it's like, he doesn't even believe in her. I feel like in other boxing movies I've seen, it's always like this old guy, and he's like really pushing the person like, you're a champion or whatever, but he didn't really do that to her no, in this movie at all. He was very much like, oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to do this, I'll do it, but... Right. Uh, my heart's not going to be in it, but right. then eventually it is. It's she like, wins him over. But I mean, I do love how hard she works at it. Like, she yeah. sells something of her mom's to get the money, and she just keeps coming back. Like, she won't take no for an answer. Like, she really wants to do it. She shows that it's not just a whim that she had. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, too, because she's got all this anger, and she knows that she needs to let it out somehow. Yeah. Otherwise, she's going to get kicked out of school, and she doesn't want to get kicked out of school. She can't keep fighting people at school, so she can get her aggression out after school and get through her day. I love it. It's like therapy for her. Yeah, definitely. And it's a lot of good things for her. It's therapy, it's exercise, it's socialization, I guess. I love it. We could do our lunchtime poll, but before that, I wanted to say one fun fact that's not really related to the movie exactly, but it's just a story. It was when I was researching this. There were a couple of Karin Kusama interviews done this year because it was the 20th anniversary of Girl Fight. And one of them, they led with this story about when she was 10, she and her mother and her younger brother and sister went to see a racer head together <laughs> at an art house cinema in downtown St. Louis. And partway through the movie, it says one of her siblings started to cry and her mother asked her to take them outside so she could finish watching the movie in peace. <laughs> And then she sat in the lobby and every once in a while would sneak glimpses through the porthole window. And uh, that kind of got her thinking she wanted to make a movie that captured somebody. She's like, that movie found my mom. (laughs) The holiness of the cinematic experience. Who might I find? Who might I captivate? And first of all, that's a really great inspirational story. I love anytime David Lynch inspires anyone to do anything. (laughs) And then that's just so funny to me. That her mom would be so captivated by a racer head because it's kind of about hating your kids. Oh. <laughs> it's like anybody who's so engrossed in racer head is like having some issues to work out with about parenthood. <laughs> and it's just so funny to me that image of her mom being like, go away. I'm going to finish this movie. I need to see how this plays out. I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. The lunchtime poll question today is, what hobby did you unexpectedly take up or get really into? Did you stumble into? A la Diana finding boxing. For me, like with the quarantine, having not a lot to do, I've actually, I have a coloring book. <laughs> like, I, have, like, I, color, I have color pencils. I find it really calming to just fill in the picture and make it colorful. I mean, it's just like a very simple thing, but it's something that I guess I fell into, or maybe I just was like looking for things to do, and I'm like, 
yeah, I really enjoy this. So that's something that I've just discovered. And yeah. I think that's recognized as like a legit therapy thing. Like adult coloring books. It's supposed to be meditative and calm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, I really like puzzles a lot. Like I take mm. puzzles when I go visit my mom and we'll, we'll like do one together. And that's fun. I used to do more of that when I was a child, but yeah. I just haven't since the quarantine i've gotten more into it so <laughs> but yeah it's fun about you guys this is like very me to get really into something but i think the most i ever unexpectedly got into something was when i got so into running because when i started running it was like i just turned 40 and i gained like a ton of weight when i was pregnant and both times but it lasted in between but then so when i turned 40 my son was like a year and a half old and i was still carrying like an extra I don't want to say extra, you know, right. because yeah. there's not a, whatever, but you know yeah. what I mean. But I was carrying, I was You're like 30 pounds heavier than I had been before. And, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to start running. And I had a long chat with this friend of mine who was a runner. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start running like three times a week. Because that's like the only thing that's really going to work. And then I got so crazy into it. And I did end up really liking it. But I was like, God, I ran like... In not that long a time. I started running when I was 40 and I stopped like a year or so ago. So it was only like five or six years. And I ran like 30 half marathons. I ran four Ragnars. I ran three full marathons. I did a run the year challenge in 2015 where I ran oh. 2015 miles in one year, which is oh, like wow. My running God, that's amazing. all the time. God. And I yeah. did it. I finished that a month early so that I could finish it at the Seattle Marathon. So I ran 2,000 miles. In 11 months and you know what's weird wow. it's like then I as soon as I hit the threshold I didn't even keep counting for the end of the year like I still ran all of December but I didn't track my miles anymore why didn't I do that like why <laughs> would be good to know how many miles I ran that whole year but I was like yeah I did it <laughs> I'm done. then a couple years ago I injured my knee and had surgery but it never totally came back from that but by then I was also pretty into hot yoga and it was like Hot yoga kind of takes up a lot of time. So it was mm -hmm. just sort of like any time I would maybe run, oh, I'd rather go to yoga. So it's weird to feel like I was so into it and I might never even do it again. I have like no desire to run again. Mm -hmm. But that's probably the most I ever got into something that was just a hobby. I'm... That girl's trip we took to Vancouver was for a run. I totally yeah, forgot I, I think that might have been the last time I ran a half. Wow. I, I remember so. all of the metal. It's amazing. Like, yeah. you that's... That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I was really proud of the run the year thing, and, like, they send you a medal for that, you know. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's honor system, so anybody can have one, but it's, you know, I mean, yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, you wanted it. Right. Yeah. I mean, people do that, though. It's weird. Really? Like, it's really weird. If you get into that rabbit hole of people who cheat at marathons, you know, there's <laughs> one person. cheat at? It's very hard to do. And, like, there's one person, there's, like, a sort of in the running community, like, a famous person, I think his name is Kip something, and he cheats at a bunch of marathons and it would take so much effort to do that because marathons are like you have a chip somewhere there's like 10,000 people running a race you know not everybody is starting at the exact same moment right so everybody has a chip timer so it registers when you cross the start line and when you cross the finish line so okay. you know you might start five minutes after race time but your finish time will be how long you actually ran not how long after it started right uh -huh. but most races also have throughout the course another mat or two that registers you you have to cross over and it's not just to like prevent cheating but it's just some people really into running want to know like their split times yeah. and how you know what pace i was on there and all that and then also sometimes it's kind of cool if you're running a marathon like 
like your friends can register and it'll text them your progress. It's kind of like, you know, your mom would want to do it. Like yeah, my mom yeah. did that the first time I ran a marathon. You know? <laughs> but anyway, so it's really hard to cheat at a marathon. But there was this guy who famously got caught cheating at a bunch of marathons. Some of them were like just a straight point to point. If something is a loop, it starts and ends at the same place. Yeah. And if there aren't any other chip timers along the way, you can cross the start line, go hang out somewhere, and cross the finish line, and then it'll register that you did it. But if it's point to point, it's like you have to get to the finish line some way. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's just crazy. Did but it's like get in a cab or something? I don't know. I mean, some of them, he had to have someone help him. Because also, the other thing is, like, there's photos at marathons. There's professional photographers at marathons, and their goal is to photograph every single person at least once because it's souvenir photography, right? Right. So it's like, and some of his races, the photos from the start, he's covering his face. Like he's getting, you know, so it's like somebody else started for oh. him. But they have to get the chip to this, you know, I mean, this is a long-winded story, but it takes a lot of effort to cheat at a marathon, and there's virtually no benefit. There's not it's cash prizes rights. or anything, No, right? no. Yeah. so bizarre. It's really weird. Sometimes people cheat at a marathon to qualify to run Boston, because to run the Boston Marathon, you have to do a qualifying marathon. You have to beat a certain time, depending on your age. Like, you can also just pay to run Boston. I mean, it would be really expensive, but there's, like, a charity element you can fundraise to run Boston. It's just crazy. It's just, it's a weird, it's a whole subset of people. Yeah. Was he like winning? Like cheating and winning? Some of them he won and that he did get busted. Because also like if you win a marathon, that's I think how he got busted because he won a few marathons by cheating. There's just a tiny group of people that might win a marathon. So those people knew, you know, they're like, I'm running 26.2 miles and this person wasn't there. On the last mile, here's this guy and he wins it. I think that's how he ended up getting busted is because he made made himself win some marathons and people were like whoa it's just weird to do something just for the bragging rights and you didn't even really do it you know then what are these bragging rights yeah for? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a very like that's some psychological it's really crazy weird. shit there yeah, yeah. wow Whew. <laughs> yeah. sorry that was a long tangent no it's fascinating yeah. though since we're on the topic this is like my favorite story of somebody getting caught cheating is that one year at the end of the Boston Marathon this guy had a post that went viral his kids got in trouble for missing school because he brought them with him to Boston when he ran his marathon mm-hmm. and then the school said that was not an excused absence so he put this post on Facebook or something and it was super preachy and snotty and it was kind of dissing teachers you know about mm-hmm. how like it was a more valid learning experience watching their father run this marathon <laughs> because of all that right mm. um, so you know it was like a lover to him I did not love it but a lot of people were like oh look at this great you know this blah 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 but anyway he had a photo of him finishing the marathon when you run a marathon like Boston or any big marathon everybody's got their bib number and your number kind of corresponds to what your expected pace would be especially in a big race because you all start in different corrals based on your pace so Mm -hmm. he's got his bib and he had just crossed the finish line so you can see the clock Mm -hmm. and people notice his bib time is based on his qualifying time 
And he finished like an hour and a half slower. People are like, why is the guy in Corral 7 finishing in four and a half hours? People dug into the, the race history because you can look up all the races. They have their results online and you can look them up basically forever. You know, they're just okay. always there if you dig for it. And so people like dug into his race history and it's like all his races. He's always like a 10 minute mile racer, except for his Boston qualifier where he ran a seven minute mile for 26 miles. You know what wow. I mean? So it's like you can dig in there. Uh-huh. It's very stock friendly you know (laughs) running there's no pictures of him from this race also there was something about specific to that qualifying race it was like sort of an easy one to cheat at because it's like a point-to-point race but there's like a detour that you could kind of skip it goes straight and then around like a 10 mile thing back to it and it's like oh if you just skip that then you only ran like 15 Uh miles or something that was a fun story to me of a guy who was bragging about how great he is at running and then he like, <laughs> got caught of like, you definitely cheated to qualify for Oh, <laughs> yeah. He caused that scrutiny. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I got away with it if he weren't such a right. <laughs> Even if he just didn't have his finish picture, if he had yeah. any other picture, but he had the clock right yeah. behind him showing when he finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so fascinating. Right. Yeah. It always like, occurs to me there's some little subculture that you don't know anything about but can dig really deep yeah <laughs> Oof, that's yeah. cool uh my thing is pretty related to, <laughs> to this the falling into it happenstance thing is that amy's neighbor <laughs> let amy well let dash yeah dash inflatable not inflatable like a good a boxing big, yeah a- Punching bag. Like a punching bag for, but a kid, for kids? Yeah. I, I guess it's for kids, but it's above, like, the inflatables. Like, it's a really okay. sturdy... Yeah. But it's a stand-up. It's, it's looking not, like, hanging from the ceiling. Oh. Yeah. My kids were enjoying hitting it, and <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for some sort of exercise that my children will be interested in doing, because they're very lazy by nature. <laughs> and uh, in classic me fashion, I bought, like, a much cheaper version of that thing <laughs> that was an inflatable thing. Like, just, like, a stand-up boxing thing. And then I had some stressful things happening in my life. And so I was like, I'm going to go outside and just hit that thing. They hadn't used it much. And it was so cathartic, punching this bag and kicking it and just going to town on this bag. And I think the difference here also is that it was designed for kids. So it really, like, goes far when you hit it. Like, versus the ones you see in movies or that I've ever seen in an actual gym where you hit the punching bag and it doesn't do anything it actually hurts your hand a little bit this is like you kick it, it makes a satisfying sound you hit it, it makes a satisfying sound it goes far comes right back to you <laughs> and like i just gotten off the phone this terrible phone call and i went out and i hit that mm. thing and i probably hit it for like 15 minutes without even noticing and afterwards yeah. i felt great i felt like i'd exercised some stuff and then also as soon as i stopped Sweat just started pouring down my body. (laughs) Oh, that was cardio. That was some accidental cardio, and it was also cathartic as fuck. So basically, that's how I got into boxing for exercise. But only boxing, like, children's style boxing things. (laughs) Because I'm probably a weakling, I assume. So it really feels good. And then I got some actual grown-up boxing gloves, because it does hurt if you do it for long periods of time. And then those are even more satisfying. Like the sound that makes even is even more satisfying when you hit the thing with the boxing gloves. And they're pink, which I like. I think that's very cute that they're like these pink boxing gloves, but they're like real actual weighted gloves. And that feels good. And I can feel the workout happening. I love it. So again, this is very surprising to me because I'm kind of a lifelong pacifist. As a kid, I had a lot of anger issues. And my mom did not know what to do with the anger issues. She would be like, here's a lump of clay. 
when you're having like a fit, I want you to just like mold this clay. And I'm like, why is that? How is this supposed to help deescalate my anger issues? Then she's like, well, what about she would put like glass bottles and sturdy plastic bags. And then she told me to go into the garage and throw the bottles at the garage door. She just didn't know what to do. Wow. I know. She's like, I'm not going to send you to therapy. I don't believe in that. I'm not going to put you on like an antidepressant. I don't believe in that. So she's trying to find a natural way of helping me. Oh, she just tried to get me to meditate. What? Fuck off. When you're a kid, like that's the last thing in the world you're going to do. I'm so angry. I'm going to sit down and do some ohms for 10 minutes. I really wish she'd fucking bought me like some sort of kid boxing thing or put me in. Oh, she, I was like, oh, I want to do karate. I asked her to do karate. She put me in Aikido, which is like the nonviolent and mostly meditative one. Uh Again, like just the wrong way for me. Apparently, I should have been actually hitting things. (laughs) (laughs) I love hitting this fucking thing. I love it. It's one of my favorite ways to exercise right now. I have hit it. (laughs) This is really like, it's kind of addicting because it comes right back to you. You have to keep hitting it. Like, it's right there. Yeah. And I can do about this. And then I started, before we rewatched this movie, this had happened already. And then I watched the movie when she's hitting that little red thing. And she's having trouble, like, getting into a rhythm. And then eventually he's like, eventually you won't even think about it. It's just going to be second nature. That happens to me with this child's punching bag. Like, I just don't even notice. My alarm goes off and I'm like, oh, I did that for 20 minutes. Do you get into that, like... Where you're doing like this? No, no, because the pace of the thing, it's on a spring, and it comes back to me. So it can't come back fast enough for me to get into that. But it's kind of a boom, 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 boom pace. That Uh, does sound fun. It's really fun. Oh, my God. And it feels great. And I don't just do it when I'm frustrated now. I do it as a cardio workout. But I know that that's there. If I have another phone call like that, I can go in do that and it feels good because when you have things in your life that are frustrating but you don't have enough control over them you know there's nothing you can do you're like i just have to be frustrated until something else happens that's a really good way to get out some aggression when you have no control over something very frustrating so yeah highly recommend punching shit (laughs) that doesn't hurt anybody that's my thing Oh, very. I do have one more fun fact. Yeah, okay, this is a fun fact. Karen Kizona went to film school, and one of her professors bet her $100 that she couldn't finish a script in a month, and it became Girl Fight. Right! She did finish a script in a month, and it was Girl Fight. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's cool. I love it, too, when someone writes something really good in a short amount of time. (laughs) I'm always really impressed with that. And she won $100 for it, so that's (laughs) not that you can do much with that. In terms of making a movie. Yeah, that's a big budget thing. Yeah. But John Sales helped. He was kind of her mentor, mm-hmm. and he helped her fund this movie. That's cool. Oh, and then one last thing I wanted to say about the thing I enjoyed that was like a kind of, I guess it's kind of a meaningful passage as visual was when she first gets there, and it's just like dudes greasing each other up. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see why. She would have been like, yeah, this seems interesting. What's right. going on here? Greetings and salutations. So today's shout out is New York, the great state of New York. That's awesome. We know lots of people there, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, my dad lives there. I don't yeah. think my dad lives <laughs> Again, it's interesting, right? I was thinking <laughs> of it's your dad or something. I doubt it, but maybe. It's got to be more than just uh, one person because of all the downloads. Well, maybe and, my, I don't think maybe my cousin Mark or Beth, maybe, or maybe my cousin Lex. Or maybe my cousin Andrew. Um, and then, right? So that's basically all my cousins. And then also, I know my friend Amanda, who lives in upstate New York, like way upstate, like almost Canada. I know she listens once in a while. Yeah. I know she has listened, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's you, Amanda. Cool. 
tangential friend, Lelena. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if she... That, that'd be cool. Just emailing with Steven, he mentioned her, like, just yesterday. I'd be super... Hello, Lelena. I would be super honored if Lelena listened. Oh, I know she does. <laughs> I can't think of anybody else. Well, plus there's so many people in the film industry in New York, so I assume a lot of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all the filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> This is definitely big in the industry. Okay. I assume like Martin Scorsese listens. <laughs> oh, Martin Scorsese? <laughs> definitely. Justin Theroux, I'm sure, is listening right now. Okay. I mean, he might be a little bothered that I don't think he's Jennifer Aniston's hottest husband, but... I That's mean, probably why he tuned in. He was like, probably. what? I have to see what's up <laughs> But just you know, Justin, I'm thirsty Very for heated. <laughs> Very heated Twitter poll on that. But, uh, yeah, that's it. It's stiff competition. What can you do, you know? Yeah. The woman's done well for herself. Yeah, she really <laughs> has. On the next episode of Paid and Puke, we fall in love with Bong Joon-ho's 2017 film Okja, starring An Seo Hyun and Tilda Swinton. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid and Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.